the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Friday morning. It is November 18th. I am your co-host, Jared Vince, joining me today and every other day that we record this wonderful, critically acclaimed podcast is Joseph Nardone. Joe, you're a huge celebrity. You did a Facebook Live session yesterday. How's stardom treating you? Horribly. It was terrifying. I was filming myself sideways for the first 10 minutes, and then somebody's like, hey, you're sideways. And then I was like, Yeah, oh. that someone might have been me. I was trying to be subtle about it. I think I said... Sideways is a great movie. That wasn't really all that. Well, subtle. I was told to do it horizontally, and then my like you record it off your phone, and my phone never adjusted to make me horizontal or whatever. So I had to go vertical and a couple minutes into the show. So you're blaming it on your phone, just to be clear. I'm blaming it on Christian Ibarra, who told me to do it horizontally. Giggity. Uh, I thought you were really good, actually. I enjoyed you doing it. It was nice to. To see your face instead of just hearing your voice. Um, then it's true. The, the rumors are true. I am sexy AF. <laughs> I think what, what was one of one of the answers you had was something like you had the choice of either being ridiculously <laughs> good looking or really smart or something like that, or being able to pronounce words properly. Yeah, right, right, right. Pronounce names because you were having a hard time with some of the guys' names. Well, I, I thought I thought you were a solid Joe. Thank you. The one thing I, I got to a cup of coffee there when you said that. Per usual, since we're not on TV, you think you could just get away with drinking and eating during the show. Good job. The one thing I got to say, though, what's the deal with you not even plugging the podcast until... I did plug the podcast. You only plugged the podcast after I asked you who would win a fight between Marty Jannetty and the Lobster. It didn't even occur to you to plug the podcast before that. Joe's going around plugging this and that. Every website he's ever worked for, everybody he's ever known, his friends from elementary school, Jerry McNamara. <laughs> he doesn't even think to plug the Relatively Speaking podcast until he gets a question that, that puts him in his comfort zone. What's the deal, Joe? Do you not like me? What's going on today? No, no, no. I planned on plugging it. I saw the question, and I was like, okay, that's where I could do it. Sure, sure. Well, I was in the middle of plugging stuff when you sent the question, and yes, that was definitely my comfort zone. So like, if you want to see me be like somewhat competent, just watch the last three minutes of the Facebook live chat. No, that's not fair. I, I thought it was I thought it was good stuff. Joe was breaking. I started down off first. as a nervous mess though. You could tell because I'm laughing at myself for the first minute. You were laughing at yourself a little bit, but no, I, th- I thought you were good, man. And I think you will continue to be good in these spots. You're you're a superstar, Joe. Well, we you're, might you're do at- another one today for wrestling, so keep your eyes up. Sweet that that sounds great. Yeah, sure. I'm sure you'll nail that. Is that now? Are you going to be doing wrestling because of your Marty Jannetty lobster analysis? Like, is that leading to spinoff wrestling Facebook Live for you? Well, or? that was always the Facebook Live wrestling was always the FanRex Sports wants to do more Facebook Live, and we only have like three writer uh, wrestling writers, so I guess I'm it by default. There you have it. Boom goes the dynamite, as they like to say. All right, let's start our show off today with some that don't look good. Let's hit the music, Mario. He's back from being sick. He had strep throat. Right, he's it might not be a fault, but maybe it is. Yeah, I think something good. That don't look Alright, so the big story in sports this week that's had nothing to do with sports and literally is like an old quote from something that happened a long time ago. 
revolves around a word that that people didn't think was racist, but apparently now is racist. And that word is posse, and it was used by Phil Jackson describing LeBron James and his friends slash business partners, but really business partners. And in case you don't know what we're talking about, Phil Jackson sat down with ESPN's Jackie McMullen for a one-on-one interview in which he discussed his tenure with the Knicks, other teams in the NBA that he likes, doesn't like, and really his relationship with NBA leaders. And while discussing other leaders, he, it was asked about his relationship with Pat Riley. And while discussing that, it was asked what he thought led to the Miami Heat breaking up. And this was, this was Phil Jackson's response. When LeBron was playing with the Heat, they went to Cleveland and he wanted to spend the night. They don't do overnights. Teams just don't. So now Spolstra has to text Riley and say, what do I do in this situation? And Pat, who has Iron Fist rules, answers, you are on the plane. You are with this team. You can't hold up the whole team because you and your mom and your posse want to spend an extra night in Cleveland. I always thought Pat had this really nice vibe with his guys, but something happened there where it broke down. I do know LeBron likes special treatment. He needs things his way. So LeBron James didn't take too kindly to Phil Jackson's remarks. Neither did his business partner, Maverick Carter. And they both kind of reacted, I don't know, hostile to, to Phil Jackson. And they both insinuated that Jackson's remarks were racist. Joe, where do you stand on this? Do you think what Phil said was, I don't know, was racist, offensive, or are people kind of overreacting to everything here? Well, it's layers. Like, there's racial undertones to it. doesn't make Phil Jackson a racist. It's just he's trying to be really dismissive of LeBron James's business partners as if they are the stereo. Like, because what he's trying to do is use the stereotype of athletes' friends as hanger-ons, which aren't actually true with LeBron James's friends. They are very good at their jobs, and they've made millions of dollars or LeBron James, you know what I mean? So the term posse was used, you can use the term posse in other contexts, it would be fine. It's just that he used it in a very dismissive, I'm going to stereotype these people's hanger-ons type of way. The other part of that whole quote that was weird, it's not weird, it's just off-putting is LeBron James wants special treatment. No, LeBron James wants to be the dude with the power. That's all it is. And considering he's the best basketball player in the world, especially when he was ready to leave Miami, um, yeah, like if he wants, if he's going to say, like, hey, you're going to stay an extra night, then Pat Riley's like, well, that's not how it works. And Phil Jackson, not how it works. Well, too bad. He's the best player in the world. He can do whatever he wants. Sorry he has power and he wanted to use it. I couldn't agree more with literally every word that just came out of your mouth. Like, from top to bottom, about both of these, you know, breaking this down into those two subjects of, is what Phil said racist and is what, you know, Phil said about LeBron sort of being entitled, you know, fair for him to say. I couldn't agree more with you. And now just just to focus on on the term posse, like, I can't believe how much people are missing this, that it's not about the word as much as it's the context in which it was used. Mm-hmm. What, what you just said about him using this as a way to describe LeBron's friends and business associates as hangers on, that's typically where the word posse gets thrown into sports. When I hear the word posse, I, I hate to say it, but like I think of guys like Allen Iverson, who it was always mentioned that he had all these guys around him and they weren't good influences on him and he, he carried people everywhere and they drained him of his money. That's typically where the word posse comes in in sports, referring to athletes and, and their friends or whatever you want to, to call them, their, their people that are around them. 
with LeBron, I mean, LeBron surrounded himself with, with business people and people who give him more opportunities. You know, it's kind of like he gives to them and they give back to him. So the, the term posse, I, I couldn't agree more with you that it kind of feels like you're referring to them as hangers on or as people who aren't earning their due or people who are just milking a celebrity. And that just, that's not applicable here. And it, it almost made me happy that, that Maverick Carter spoke up, you know, when he was asked about that quote. Because it's not fair to these guys who have worked really hard and, you know, have earned a reputation for, for working hard and being successful business people. You know, LeBron, LeBron's so business savvy. And like you mentioned, you know, he's the most powerful guy in his sport, the best player in his sport. He's allowed to have special treatment. And for him to surround himself with people who just have his best interests in mind and who are moving forward and who you just never hear anything bad about, it didn't feel right to, to see Phil make this comment. Also, you know, within context, the night that LeBron wanted to stay over in Cleveland was Thanksgiving. You know, he wanted to have his teammates <laughs> over at his house for Thanksgiving. It's it's not like, yeah, we're going to the club and hanging out in Cleveland. We're not listening to you, Pat Riley. It just, the whole thing rubbed me wrong from, from the jump. I know Phil was asked about, you know, the what happened with the Heat and how they broke up and Pat Riley's authority being undermined or whatever you want to say. But, you know, it really felt like it was out of line for him to, to make these comments, especially the second part, which, you know, you kind of got into about, you know, talking about LeBron liking special treatment. I mean, I, I'm just repeating myself here, but like, yeah, he's he's the greatest. He he should have the power. He went back to Cleveland and brought this team a championship. He went to Miami. And as much as, you, you know, you want to credit and you can credit Pat Riley for building that team, I mean... You saw peak basketball with LeBron James there. He's the most powerful guy in the sport. It just it, it felt so condescending coming from Phil, who, you know, what have you done? What have you done since leaving the Lakers? What, what have you done that you can still comment on the state of the NBA like you're the king, like you're on a high horse, and you can talk about everybody else in a demeaning way? And it just it, it didn't feel right. So I don't, I don't have a problem with Phil Jackson getting called out for this and I saw some people overreacting to LeBron's comments because, well, you don't need to call him racist. You know he's not racist. No, LeBron did need to call him out. He did. And, need he, to didn't call even, him and out. he didn't even call him racist. Well, I think he implied that what he said was had racist, his racial. racist undertones. But that's different. That's not calling somebody a racist. Correct. And I just I don't. It's almost like victim blaming too. Being like, well, LeBron didn't need to say that about Phil. No, screw that. Like. Phil said something bad about LeBron. LeBron has every right to stand up for himself. Yeah, he's just supposed to eat it because he's seventy-one-year-old Phil Jackson. Right? Is that, like, is, that what the, is that what the deal? Like, let's take, let's be clear here. Like, like the Miami Heat thing. People want to credit Pat Riley when it's Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. Pretty much power broke it themselves, working out their like this was all them. So it wasn't Pat Riley. This is LeBron James' history. I want the power. It's been this way since he left Cleveland the first time. That he's going to be the man, his business partners are going to be the man, and it's not special treatment when he go when he go when he's the hottest commodity in his sport. And he goes like, yeah, you know what? Like you're going to do things on my terms. And then uh, I do think we have to be careful with the whole people going. Well, why are you calling him a racist? Because that's not what he's doing. You could have racial undertones and not be a racist. You could just be a seventy year old, seventy one year old man, be out of touch, use really condescending slang and have racial undertones and it still be wrong and not like be a racist. Yep. Like the, yeah, I, 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 because what's going to happen is the, the discussion will turn into is Phil Jackson a racist when the discussion should be this 
Does Phil Jackson even know what he's talking about, which he doesn't, because if he did, he would realize Maverick Carter and Rich Paul and those guys are really smart dudes. And were they initially given the opportunity because they're friends with LeBron James? Yeah. But have they exceeded everything? And would they be successful now without him? Probably. Like, they're not somebody's buddy from around the corner who's like, give me a grand a week. Yeah. They're making, they're carrying their own weight. Then some. Which actually, like, you know, it's frustrating, man, because it's a guy that's barely involved. Like, man, think about it. Here's a dude whose his own star rose to fame by cleaning on the backs of other superstars. <laughs> and he's going to complain about businessmen being friends with a superstar. Whatever, man. Yeah, I think we've all gotten, like, way too deep into this. And, I, you know, I even, like, question, should we even be talking about this still? You know, the interview came out on Tuesday. LeBron and them all, all responded. Or maybe the interview came out Monday, and LeBron and them all responded Monday night slash Tuesday morning. It's just watching the way this conversation's kind of unfolded on social media. And I don't really watch much, you know, many of the talking head shows on sports TV. But I'm sure they've had the conversation about whether Phil's racist, whether the word posse is, is offensive. I mean, it's just... It's not about the word as much as what Phil implied and the way he used the word. It, you know, I, I think you can use the word posse without having to look around your shoulder. Posse is not necessarily a negative word, but the way in which he used it was absolutely negative and demeaning and condescending. And again, just flat out unnecessary. So I just, I, I look at all the conversation that, that's come from this, and it's, it's kind of insane that, like, we haven't all just been like, yeah, what Phil said was wrong. Good for LeBron for sticking up for himself. That's the end of it. Yeah. For me, I'm okay. I'm okay moving on from there. Let's Joe, move are you on. good? Yeah. Great. Hashtag of, move on. Speaking of LeBron, Joe, why don't we do something special and bring in some bad tweets on a Friday? Let's do it. Hit the music. Get back, Mario. Crying MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. Bad tweets. All right, so I'm going to do our first bad tweet today, which, like I said, kind of involves LeBron James, who sat out Wednesday night's game against the Pacers, which was the second game of a doubleheader. You know, the Cavs are resting LeBron, which why the heck shouldn't they? The Cavs are the best team in the East. They're going to cruise to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals again this year. And anyway, LeBron's entitled to a night off, because you know LeBron's entitled. So speaking of LeBron entitlement, one Dan Dockich, who's at... Dan Dakich, D-A-K-I-C-H. It's Dakich, it's Dakich, I think it's Dakich. Dakich tweets, LeBron James played a total, all caps, played a total of 3,527.6 minutes over eight months. Average worker working a 40-hour work week, 2,400 per week. So that was his way of saying, why is LeBron tired? Working people work more than LeBron works. LeBron doesn't deserve a night off. Well, just, be better I, at your job, iron worker. <laughs> I, mean, I, just saw, I just saw that and was like, no, all of this is wrong. Well, not, he's wrong. not factoring in practice time or LeBron's brilliant like, hands being in other businesses. And it's the timing of it all. Yes, he had a, a day off. Coming off the Phil Jackson stuff feels very right-wingy. I'm going to shout you down stick up for the working man type of stick without any context or self-awareness considering he works like nine hours a week himself. 
Right. It's just like I, I don't even understand how you. And even it's do market that. value, man. Like if we're gonna go the whole like in com- compare and contrast thing, be better. If you're a person that works at Abercrombie and Fitch, make it so people want to watch you. Make it so millions of people want to watch you fold folds. Yeah, you could probably it, take a day off. I mean, like, get out of here with that nonsense. It's such an ignorant, ignorant thing to say. It's also it's nonsensical on so many levels. For one, yeah, those are the amount of minutes he's played on an NBA court. That doesn't factor in practice, travel, travel. off court. And the fact that what he does is grueling. I mean, and this doesn't need to be justified. I don't know why I'm defending it. You know it's ridiculous. He knows it's ridiculous. I, I like that the first response to him was somebody saying, practice, travel, workouts, media appearances, sponsorship obligations, charity work. He has his own brand, literally. To which Dakich responds, Dakich responds, hey, dummy, you think teachers, cops don't? What? What does that even mean? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, teachers and cops do media appearances and sponsorship obligations. Hey, listen, if teachers and cops are doing media appearances, they're probably not doing a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, like, I, I interviewed... Dockage a couple years ago for a college basketball website I was writing for at the time. Yeah, your managing editor was super handsome. <laughs> and he, he was he was a nice guy. He was a good basketball interview. I guess his college basketball analysis wasn't that bad. But um, this is just so terrible. And it's such a it's such a like gas bag comment. It's ridiculous. Like this is pay attention to me. That's that's what this is. This is pay attention to well, me. Well, there's a couple of those guys in college basketball where I don't think they believe in what they say. How could you? How could no, you? No, really- I do actually think Doc believes what he says. I just think he's super, super wrong. He's wrong a lot. Yeah, I wanted to use the word aloof, but uh, maybe that word's too strong because I don't want to make it sound like I think he's an idiot. I just think he's wrong a lot, and I think he doesn't believe what he says, which is kind of spooky. Yeah, I just I also don't like when you try to like bring morals into this and be like, "Well, I'm better than him," or other people are. Better and there's than no him. need for the tweet. He There's doesn't none. work that hard. He, like, no, you're, are you trying to say he doesn't work hard? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, right? The greatest physical specimen in the history of sports who's changed his body weight like nine different times to fit different roles for every team he's been on doesn't work hard. And he's hard. literally <laughs> never injured. He's never injured, and he constantly plays. Like, uh, yeah, like I said a couple minutes ago, this one doesn't need defending. It just is infuriating to see people who have such a platform say things like this. Well, that's one of my Facebook live chats. They blow up so somebody like me has a bigger platform. Well, you're going to turn into one of these guys if you do. So maybe no, we should... No, my, my takes would be so mild. It'd be like, LeBron had the second day off because of the back to back. Neat. That, that's a good take. All right, Joe, speaking of good takes, let's reverse course. Give me your bad tweet. All right, this one comes from at Stack Demon, Dan Stack. He's actually one of our college basketball writers. I like Dan, but this tweet's horrible. Um... <laughs> Damn, which is spelled wrong. No one is a harder worker and role model than Keekly. Keekly? Oh, there it is. Yep. Keekly. Hate to see that. All right. Here it comes. How do you know nobody works harder? And how do you know he's the best role model? Are you telling me nobody works harder? Are you telling me there's not a... I can tell you, I I can guarantee you there's better role models than a middle linebacker in the NFL than... You know what I mean? Some local senator out there is probably a little better role model. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe your mailman's a better role model. And a harder know. worker thing. I mean, come on. Like, this is because he got hurt. And this was a stream on my timeline last night. And I'm like, I've never seen anybody once ever tweet about the guy except about Madden ratings. Ever. And then this is like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, 
November 8th was like 10 days ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it's such like in the moment right now, Twitter, and I get it. It's also high mind because a lot of these people were claiming to be watching college basketball. And then all of a sudden they knew all this stuff about what was happening in the NFL. It's just amazing. I well, it's a Twitter avalanche because you don't even need to be watching anything. And as soon as Twitter reacts to something, it's like you're sitting there watching it happen in front of you. I, I actually wasn't on when that happened. You, you actually sent me the bad tweet, and I was like, what is this a response to? So apparently Luke Keekly, I think he got a concussion. It looked like it was a leg injury in real time, but it, it turned out to he be... He was crying. And I, yeah, you should feel empathy for him. Like, I'm not saying don't feel empathy. No, but what you're saying is, like, why is he the hardest worker ever, and why is he the best role model Yeah, ever? why is this the worst thing anybody's ever seen? And I is mean, he like, also, Is he also the scrappiest athlete? No, the, deceptive speed. Yeah. High IQ, high motor, a lot of moxie. <laughs> yeah, bad tweets. Well, you know, like, man, I, I can't even say it, please. I can't. Okay. There's, so don't? Well, I'm not saying it's specific to Dan, but to a lot of people that tweet like that, the... Swell of support for him does also have racial undertones to it. This is what. Yep. Anyway, get get well soon. <laughs> keep, 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 doing, keep doing everything that you do on and off the field to make yourself this tremendous. I mean, he is probably a decent role model. I I'm don't not saying he's not a good role model or not a hard worker. I'm just saying, like, is he the, really the hardest one. worker? I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming here that one of those people Dan Dacus was thinking of is probably a harder worker than Luke Keekley. Definitely the cops and teachers. I mean, if you were to count the minutes that Keekley has played on oh, that, right? he hasn't put in close to what an average worker he didn't even put in, He doesn't even put in close to what LeBron James plays because he only plays X amount of minutes. 16, yeah, they only play 16 times a year. Yeah, and he's and only, on one side of the ball. On, yeah, he's only in on half the plays. I mean, and their plays only last like three seconds long, and then they yeah. huddle up for another 30-some seconds, and then another three. He probably only plays like real time, like seven minutes a game. So he's probably playing, like, under two hours a year. Oh, man. So I guess what we need to do is connect the two Dans, connect our two bad tweeters, and have them really kind of debate this hard This really worked out well, the bad tweets. Unintentionally. No, yeah, special edition of Friday Bad Tweets. Mario, props for coming back with the strep throat. It wasn't really strep throat. He had to go to rehab. Big crack crack at it. But he's back, oh, and he's ready man. to go. We'd like to give opportunities to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. second a, chance. He's a Mario. hard worker. He, listen, not, man, it's not his fault. For our entertainment, he got addicted to mushrooms. So it was only a matter of time before he went next level with his drug use. Do you think, though, like, in all seriousness, do you think, like, the Mario Brothers, like, when they were making that, they were like, yeah, these mushrooms are psychedelic and kids are going to have no clue? Like, yeah, Mario's big. No, Mario's on fire. No, Mario's doing (laughs) this. But really, he's just, like, tripping. I don't know. I think if you look into it, there's, like, a lot of reasons to think they were, like, trying to... Not even subtly be like, hey, we're high making this. <laughs> because, know, like, man. I mean, like, the one of those things called the little, the Oompas. The Goomba. Loompa, Goombas. Goomba. I mean, like, what are they? <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's just because technology back then wasn't so great. I don't know. That would be, that would be what I'm leaning. That would be my guess. But they that, look that, like, like little pieces, like. Poop. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to. Yeah, a lot. A lot of things in that game look look weird. All right. Thanks I want to know how a star makes them poop. Though. Like, why does a star make them go? Boop, 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 boop. I was a music going. You're really good at doing that stuff. Uh no, I don't want to do that. No, you All changed. Right. <laughs> and then 
a, a flower makes them throw fire out of their arms. It's a video game, Joe. A video game made in the eighties. But yeah, they I, were probably listen, man. I remember my neighbor Lee Bobber. Shout out Lee Bobber. He wow. had a Nintendo before me, and we used to go over his house. Me and my sister, my oldest sister, to play Mario, and it was like a revolution happening in front of my eyes. Yeah. Because yeah, before that, we had an Atari, and Atari kind of, like, it kind of sunk, man. Like, people are going to be all nostalgic about it, Atari stunk. Joystick-based video game systems had nothing on, like, everything that came out after it. Seriously, like, Nintendo even... changed the game. It was insane. I think the yeah. second game I ever got was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and that was, like, legit fun. Like, I can still play that now. Good times, man. Glass I do miss Joe, Nintendo, man. I do miss video games. Uh, who's Glass Joe's one win against? I don't know, man. I don't think I ever played Mike Tyson punch out. What? You're a communist. Yeah. I played. I played Roger Clemens baseball a lot instead. I remember that Roger. was that right. game was incredible. So that game, like, I don't think they had the the Major League Baseball Players Union or whatever. So they had to make up names. So what they would do is like swap first and last names. So like on <laughs> on the New York team, there was like a Matt Donningly. It, it was pretty sweet. That, that definitely tremendous. beats out like player twenty three. Nine times out of nine times, or ten well, times. Well, like, that's like the Super Nintendo kind of Griffey Jr. game where nobody had real names either. No, nobody except Griffey. Good game. I love Griffey baseball games. The best. Oh, that was probably the best. Well, RBI base, Super Base is long. Man, there was a lot of good baseball games. <laughs> triple play. Yeah, triple play was great, man. I, 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 actually, I stopped playing baseball video games for some reason. But baseball, they were always one of my favorite. Like, I liked them more than the NBA games. Yeah, I, I kind of gave them all fair treatment. Like, literally all of them. Hockey games were awesome, too. Obviously, you had Madden NBA games. It depended which NBA games it was, though. Like, oh, NBA yeah. Games didn't, they didn't get really good until Live came out. Like, 95, guess, maybe? Yeah, Live, Live 95 was the first Live. Before that, most of the basketball games were kind of trash. Lakers versus Celtics, I thought, was really good. But, like, the other ones, like, there was NBA Showdown. That game wasn't that good. Uh, Bulls versus Blazers wasn't that good. No, well, made Bulls, Bulls versus Blazers, and then they had the Dream Team one, right? And they were like the same exact video game, except they had the Dream Team. A hundred percent, same video game. Although they had in the Dream Team one, I don't know if they had it in the Bulls versus Blazers. They had special moves, and Isaiah Thomas's was like the spin move, and his spin would start at the three point line, and it was unstoppable. Yeah, some of those games had had ridiculous things like that. Like Michael Jordan had like an up and under dunk or something. Oh from, yeah, like, well you know Bird, like Bird, Bird versus Jordan was there. It was okay. I don't, you know, maybe I just didn't play it enough to get good at it. I remember struggling trying to figure out how to do the dunk contest aspect of it. Like I could never figure it out. Yeah, those stuff. Well, yeah, those that's complicated things. Right. There was like four buttons back then. <laughs> yeah, it was complicated. <laughs> I just right, got the, so. Oh, I won't even give you my update on my current video games. Go ahead. You started. You might as uh, well. I beat Dragon Age Inquisition last week. And um, here's the, where the disappointment comes in, right? So, like, <laughs> when I bought the game, I bought the expanded pack or whatever, like, they have all the downloadable content. So when you beat the ti- the game the first time, leading into the first last mission, it says, when you beat the game, you get to still play all the side quests as your leveled up character. So I'm like, Cool. In the expanded pack, they must have made a new ending, and I went to go do that mission, and I beat it. Now the game's over. So I can't even play the side missions. That's disappointing. Thanks a lot, Bioware. Although I'll buy everything you ever made. God bless. God bless, Bioware. All right, Joe. We just talked about video games for 15 minutes. I I honestly have not played video games in so long. I have a friend who texted me yesterday if I wanted to buy his PlayStation 4 for, like, really cheap. 
And I was like, dude, I will never play it. It is not even worth it. I have a PS3, and I think the last video game I played for it was like UFC Undisputed 2010. <laughs> like something something old. I just I don't have the time. I really miss it, though. I wish I could. All right. I, I, I try to, de- I mean, it's hard to play video games, but like dedicate. That's such a weird word, weird word to use. I try to dedicate myself to an hour of video games a day with <laughs> right. my children, my job, and everything else going Well, on. it has to come around midnight, given what I do for a living. So, yeah. It's down, right now, I, I'm probably done for video games till April. Sorry to hear that, Joe. I feel bad for me, America. I work in my pajamas all day. <laughs> True story. All right, Joe. Sorry, Dan Dockage. <laughs> let's switch over to the NFL, Joe, and do our Week 11 picks. Week 11 and NFL picks. National Football League. What are our records? Spread. We're picking against the spread. We're making I... money. Lots of <laughs> money. Through 10 weeks, if you're new here, every week we pick five games against the spread. Uh, it's not any of the easy games, or at least not in my opinion. I typically look at the the games and say which games are going to be difficult for us to pick and choose five of those. So through five weeks, or ten weeks actually, five games a week, ten times. Through ten weeks, Joe, we're at the 50 game mark. I am 29 and 21, and you are 27 and 23. Wow. Not too bad. No, we're pretty... Awesome. Not too bad. Hey, we're, we're in the black, so I'll take it. Not too bad. In the green. Uh, is it green? Is it black? I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's green? Yeah, it's green. Cool. We're in the green. We're not in the black. Uh, last week, I had a losing week, which was my second in the last three you're weeks. You're a loser. Not great. I feel like as the season goes on, you're supposed to get better at this. So I know. We started off like 19 and all each of us, and, uh, us, and I've been progressively getting worse. We did not start off 19 and 0. Yeah, sure yeah. we did. <laughs> All right, Joe, here's to a better week for both of us. Let's get started. We have the Tennessee Titans going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Joe, why don't you lead us off? My dearest Abigail, um, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Same reason I pick against the Colts every single week. I don't think the Colts are very good. I think Andrew Luck's a little bit overrated. I think Marcus Mariota is hitting his stride, and they're getting... 2.5 points. Wow, on the road. Yeah, I mean, the Titans went to I don't Vegas. Think, listen, man, the whole road, home stuff in the NFL matters so very little. Wow. It does, it's such an overrated part. Uh, in college sports, I totally get it because the crowds are sloshed out of their mind and screaming, and there's probably all kind of slurs coming out of their mouth. The Colts, you don't think that's happening at an NFL game? Not to the extent, because most of these people are, are adults and they're not in their... Mid, mid to early 20s. I will dispute that. Go to a Jet game and it is Listen, a you're, you're using the... You, like, you go Jets or Oakland, you're using the two fan bases where <laughs> one might think something like that would be happening. I don't see that happening. Maybe. I, I'm throwing a wet blanket over Indianapolis saying they're all a bunch of <laughs> very timid people. But uh, I don't I don't really care about the home or away aspect of NFL games all that much. Like, it never really factors into my way of thinking not when not in comparison to when i do it for college interesting yeah that makes sense i would definitely agree that the home court advantage means more in college than the nfl with that said i, I do think it still means something in the nfl but i'm still going titans in this game uh like you just mentioned marcus Mariota is really hitting stride he leads the nfl with eight games with multiple touchdown passes and he has a cupcake matchup this weekend opponents have scored on 49.5 percent 
of their possessions against the Colts. That's the highest rate in the league. I think the Titans are going to keep rolling. I do expect this to be a shootout, though. I mean, Andrew Luck kind of lit Tennessee up when they played a couple weeks ago in Tennessee, and now he has uh, both T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. And the offensive line's getting healthier, which, you know, you have to imagine that means something good for them. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm with you. I, I like the Titans in this game. Hey, now. Up next, we got the Miami Dolphins going across the country to Los Angeles. I really almost said St. Louis. To play the Rams. The Rams are half-point underdogs at home in this game. I'm going to leave this one off. I'm going with the Dolphins. Rams' defense is stingy. However, over their past three games, they've scored a touchdown on just 5.9% of their possessions. That's last in the league over that stretch. Now they get Jared Goff as their starting quarterback, who sadly probably is not an upgrade over Case Keenum. That's just, like, impossible to imagine. Dolphins are coming off an impressive win in San Diego, so I'm not really worried about them having to travel across the country. I think it's a winnable game for Miami, and they've won four straight. So I like them in this pick Joe, who do you like? I'm with you for every single reason you just said. Also, the Rams have won more games when they haven't scored an offensive touchdown than when they have. Wow, look at you bringing the stats. I had to come up with one, and I stole it yesterday. I heard it somewhere. And I'm like, That's keep that one. in mind in case the Rams are on the rundown. The Rams are on the rundown, and they are uh, they're underdogs in this game. But, yeah, they But well, it's really just a pick them because it's point right. five. So. Right. All right, but, so we're both on Dolphins. Yeah. Up next, we got the Eagles going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, who do you like in this game? Oh, man, this is tough. CJ Proceis. Um <laughs> Listen, I was looking at this line yesterday, and I'm really torn because I don't think the Seahawks are all the way figuring it, figured it out yet. And six and a half feels like a big line, but still, rookie quarterback in Seattle. Seattle's one of those places where the crowd does matter. So I'm going to go with Seattle. Wow, Joe. We are on agreement on the first three games so far. Uh, you mentioned not knowing if Seattle's, you know, back yet. Russell Wilson's second in points per drop back over the past two weeks after ranking 28th through the first eight weeks per pro football focus. So I am saying they're kind of all the way back. C.J. Proceis in the offense has really given them a boost. Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham have gotten really involved these last few games. I just think everything's clicking for Seattle. I also look at this game, and while the Eagles have a good defense, they're only giving up 9.5 points per game at home. On the road, they're giving up 24.4. This is a road game in a really tough environment for them. You mentioned rookie quarterback against tough Seattle defense in Seattle. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Seahawks covering that 6.5 points. Up next, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Washington Redskins, who are 2.5-point favorites. Joe, all signs point Redskins, but I'm going Packers. <laughs> I, I just I don't even know why. I mean, I'm, well, I'm with you. Game. I'm with you. <laughs> The Packers have allowed 30 or more points in three straight games for the first time since 2006. And Washington's averaging 407.8 yards per game on offense, which is fourth best in the league. At the same time, I just like every week I'm waiting for the Packers to finally get it. I I don't know why. I just don't know why, but I I can't pick Washington here. Well, Washington's yards also come at three yards at a clip. So it's very misleading that their offensive yards per game is as high as, as it is. Because you think their total points per game would be higher, but it's really not. Um, I there, like you said, like there's really no reason to believe in the Packers here. But I'm just gonna say they're due, and I'm gonna go with Green Bay. Fair enough, I'm okay with that. I again, I'm gonna feel dumb when Washington wins this game and they blow them you know, out. We both agree that Washington's the smarter pick here. We just feel like 
Green Bay's due to figure it out by now. Right, they, ha- they have to. Anyway, up next, our last game, we're going to the Monday Night Football game, which is in Monday Mexico. Monday Night Football! Dun, 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 dun. It's not on ABC anymore. Nope. We got the Texans at the Raiders. Again, it's not really at the Raiders. It's in Mexico City. Man. But the Raiders are still six-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, who do you like in this game? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm putting Alright, I like the Raiders a lot. Six and a half is a lot for them, though, to give up. However, however, Mexico City, I feel like that would be a pro Raiders town. I don't know where I'm going with this. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with Oakland. Going with Oakland. Joe, for the first time ever, you and I, same pick on all five games. We're going this... on five, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to win a game this week. So you want to know how bad Bork and the Texans' offense is? Yes. They average 4.7 yards per play. That's the fewest in the league. They've also scored a touchdown on 12.6% of their possessions, which is the lowest rate in the NFL. Listen, I know that their defense is solid, but if you can't score, you're not going to be able to keep up with the Raiders. Did you see the new growing thing with really smart football people saying that it's actually not Bork's fault? No. What are they saying? um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like a... Really well-respected whatever guy, right? Um, Greg Cosell? No. No. Like, somebody smart. And Oh, I like Greg Cosell. No, no. I mean, like, somebody, like, super into the whole, like, I'm going to watch film for, like, 95 hours a day because that's what I do. Gotcha. Um, That Houston tends to only run two guys into real routes per passing play, and they don't even try to stretch the field. And that's not on Bork, really. And then that... Um, when he was with Denver, they did a good job of doing play-action rollouts with him, which they can't do because I guess the way the guy explained it is, so they when they do do play-action rollouts, because most teams know they're running the ball so much, they'll have a safety in the middle of the field. The second receiver who's supposed to run deep runs a post, and he's running it right at the safety, and that's their play-action rollout play every time. Interesting. I did not know that. No, I, sure. I, mean, I don't know if it's true, but this is a guy that I've told. I've been told is really smart. Not, and I'm not trying to give Bork a pass, but I thought that was a really neat observation. That, like, if they're literally running the receivers right into where the zones are, it's really dumb. Wow. You think they would adjust by now? He was saying that they run very simplistic running or uh, passing plays, and often on the play action rolls out rollout, they're running their their deep receiver right into the coverage despite knowing that's where the coverage is going to be. Interesting. I, I don't know if I'm buying that. I mean, even even Lamar Miller's kind of struggled this year. So, I mean, yeah, sure, may, maybe it is play calling. I, I don't know. Well, Interesting. Bill O'Brien hasn't had a good offense since he's been there. No. We can play yes. the quarterbacks, but he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Their offense was better last season with TJ Yates and Brian Hoyer. Yeah, bring back on TJ Yates. Is he even in the league right now? I don't know. I would think so. I would think he's probably backing up Bork. I have no idea. No, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what their depth chart looks like. Bork. <laughs> Who, who's better, Bork Osweiler or Bork Lesnar? Oh, man. I don't want to get into wrestling. I'm seeing all this, like, Brock, Brock versus Goldberg Bork, Sunday. Chris Goldberg stuff. And I, like, I can't even fathom why anybody cares about Goldberg. I don't care at all. Like, who cares? Do, I, can, do can I tell you a story about Goldberg? Yeah. Last Goldberg. three weeks, right? So they're, they're hyping up this, this match, right? And Lesnar's still in good shape. His Lesnar is, you know. An animal? Yeah. And Goldberg looks in shape. But, like, he, like, moves the ring, like, for, like, two seconds. Like, he's not wrestling or anything, just, like, blocking the ring. And he starts sweating profusely. Like, it's, like, me 
like randomly deciding to go for like a mile jog without having worked out like forever. How I look when I come back after that mile jog, that's how he is from like entering the ring. Yeah, that can't I mean, be great. What is he doing in the ring anyway? Like what is what is what are you getting out of Goldberg wrestling besides like I don't know like spear. Right, you're getting a spear, you're getting like... I don't think he can lift up Gold, or Lesnar off his head at this point either. Like, for that jackhammer move, the suplex move, I don't think he can right. do it. Yeah, I just, I, I don't see the appeal. I thought, now I'm like really dating myself, I'm not a wrestling fan, so it's, yes, like not my, it's not my place to tell other wrestling fans what they should or shouldn't be excited about, but like, Tell when him. he came to WWE, whenever it was, 2003, 2004, I found his matches and like everything he was involved in to be the least inspiring anything I'd ever seen in wrestling. Like yeah, that, that's it, kind of the known thing. His, his run in the WWE after WCW WCW was bought was a debacle. Nobody cared. He was boring, and that's why he left the company because they're like, "You're worthless." Yeah. So why are they bringing him back? Like, why, who cares? I don't know because they needed a name, I guess. But the, the, see, th- this is like what really turned me off to wrestling. Is that that's what it felt like? It just felt, and I, I get it, like. People care more about, like, I don't know, popularity, and you, people are going to root for whoever Vince McMahon tells you to root for and root against that. Like, I know not every wrestling fan is like, yeah, just give me Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero for 20 minutes uninterrupted. I'm happy. You know <laughs> you what I really mean? are dating yourself. You just went with Chavo Rey Mysterio reference. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I don't watch wrestling. I don't, I don't know. You how should. You should start Sunday. I'll, I'll give you my account. You watch I'm absolutely it. not going to, especially not to watch Goldberg, who's just... Like, yeah, it's not exciting when a dude who's, like, only thing is, well, they don't let him lose, and it's exciting <laughs> how long he's not going to lose for, and he sort of looks like their version of Stone Cold. Like, that was it. That was well, all. Well, you know the best part of him not losing streak is, right? So, like, they do two television shows per week. So, like, the people used to bring the signs that Goldberg's 89 and 0 or whatever. And then WCW, this is actually on the WWE Network, if you want to ever hear the story, started taking their sign because they wanted to give him more wins than he actually fought. So, like, randomly, all of a sudden, like, the week before, he was, like, 89 and all. And then they go to Monday Night Nitro, and uh, Tony Schwein's like, Hey, Goldberg's 157 and all! <laughs> like, I think he fought 50-some matches in a week. Those are probably the matches that came before he was in WCW. Just like in boxing, it's like, I've only seen this guy fight four times. How is he 28 and no? It's It's Goldberg status. Hot take, Goldberg better than Goldberg. I'm with you on that, 100%. All right, Joe, let's move on and let's do some AMAs. We don't have music for this, so start singing. Do, 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 ask me anything. anything Thank you, Twitter. And I'll answer. All right. Our first question <laughs> came from at Nathan Geese, who is one of Joe's friends. Case. Nathan Geese. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, Nathan asked, if you could take over a conference for a day, what's the first thing you would change? He, uh, there's not a lot of context here. He's a college basketball writer, so I'm assuming college basketball. My answer is the American Athletic Conference, which I like. However, I'm a big East Homer. First thing I would do is disband the league. Come back, UConn. <laughs> we'll take you to SMU. That's all you wow. I like that. I like that. Uh, I didn't really know how to answer this. I was assuming it was like a college basketball conference or even college football. Uh, I would pay the players. That's what I get. I don't. It would give what... your league a big heads up if you're the only league in the country paying the players. Yeah, it would. I mean, <laughs> like, I imagine, like, say you could take over the MAC. The Mac with two A's, and you'd automatically become the best conference in the country in every sport. Right? Like, isn't isn't that what, like, one of these smaller conferences should do? Like, shouldn't the big sky be like, you know what, we make nice money, let's pay these guys. Well, and then the, all the, of a sudden you're getting five-star recruits in every sport? The NCAA would, would kick them out of the, the group or whatever. 
Joe, this is a ask me anything make believe question. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get context that why why they don't do it because I'm sure the big sky would love to be the first conference too. Of, of course they would. <laughs> My answer was absurd. I, I don't I don't have like a real answer. I don't know what people who run conferences. I would in all seriousness, if you're listening to me, Big Easter American Athletic Conference, this is something I've always kind of wanted to do is be involved in helping the conference grow. There it is. Hey, the NEC, I follow you for some strange reason. Give me a shout. Shout out your boy. Holler at your boy. All right, Joe. Up next. Question. Again, second week in a row, we're hearing from my buddy at Giving Up On My Life. Don't give up on life, buddy, though. Don't. Phil, Phil's a good Twitter follow, really good sports takes. Appreciate his questions. He followed anyway, me yesterday, but his code blocked. I, I have no way to know if I should follow him back. Good, good takes. I would recommend him as a follow to anybody out there. Uh, he asked us, based around last night. This is night, a good question. Based around last night's Timberwolves Sixers game, which we had high up on our rundown until we decided to move it back down to the AMAs. I don't know why I'm telling you. It doesn't make a difference. Rank them based on who has the best worst career. Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Tapps Porzingis, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, president of the Relatively Speaking Podcast. The process. So Man, Joel, this yeah, is a tough question because, like... I can't. I, I can't rank them. I can't do it. No, because, one, like, I don't want to do the whole injury thing because then you have to rank Embiid lower than you really want to, and they're all super special. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't. But we have to. We did an AMA, and the whole thing is we'll answer them. So I'm doing this super, super caveat prefacing this with. All right, you want to go ahead. I would take any one of these guys and not be disappointed if I miss out on the other. Absolutely. All right, so you want to do this together? Maybe start from the back? So worst to first? Yeah, let's do worst to first. All right, you go first. I actually feel like it's easier to go first to worst, but let's do let's do worst well, to let's first. Do first let's do, yeah, no, it's easier to go best to first, isn't it? Best to worst. Best to worst, yeah. Want to do best, best to worst? To first. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so I think best. It's this hard. is our number one pick. I think it's kind of hard to not, and I feel like this is like the the trap that's being set by asking this question. I feel like it's kind of hard to not put Carl Anthony Towns at after last night. Yeah. What's that? Well, because of last night. No, no, not because of last night, because of last season. <laughs> I mean, we, we have we have one season of this guy being really good. And yeah, I Minnesota's know, fun. Yeah, they, they're really fun, and Andrew Wiggins is playing like a freaking superstar, and we're going to have to dedicate a show to him one of these days. Today's not the day. But, I mean, you just you look at what Towns has been able to do, and it feels weird because he came into the NBA with this reputation of, like, he's a defense-first guy, <laughs> but he has skills to be this offensive player. And so far what we've seen is, he leaves a little bit to be desired on defense, but offensively, he's a freaking monster. Like, he's so diverse for a guy his size, and, like, he's already jumping into the conversation of best big men in the NBA. If it, Even if it's not warranted, like, his skill set is allowing him to be in that conversation. So, I know he's not this complete player that, like, people were thinking he would be. He's better on offense than people were expecting, and maybe a little bit worse on defense than people were expecting, but I still think, like, of these four guys... He is the most proven, like, good player right now, so it's kind of hard to think he. if everybody develops similarly, he's not going to be the best. Yes, I'm with you with Cap being the first one. Um, I feel like you, we can't even answer another person at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, too, is, like, 
you know, you're, you're asking a forward-thinking question, so it doesn't feel right to be like, well, he's the best now, and he's proven the most now, so he's going to be the best in the long run. I mean, these guys are all, you know, like, I know Embiid is a little bit older than the rest of them. But Embiid's all a whopping like, 20 or something, 22 20, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but they're all, like, you know, in that 20, they're all in that 20 to 22 range. What's amazing about big men is, historically, they take long, longer to develop, and these guys are all, I mean, we don't haven't seen Ben Simmons yet. They're right. all, like, really good now without actually having a ton of experience on the hardwood. Well, the other thing about Simmons is Simmons is really a perimeter player more than he's a big guy. Like, these guys are big guys. You know, right, they, but they, I, think, I, think, I think giving up on life is asking this in the whole, these guys are kind of basketball unicorns. Yeah, sure. So I think that's why they're linked together, not necessarily because they're all bigs. Right. If you were, if you were to do the bigs, you'd probably have you know Nikola Jokic or, <laughs> uh, or Miles Turner in this conversation instead of Simmons. Miles Turner, also awesome. Yeah, I mean, those guys are all really good. Like, this I guess that whole small ball revolution is kind of going just, hey, we're not really actually going small ball, we're just making our big men into guards. Right, right. And that, but that that's the thing that's so frustrating as a Knicks fan with Kristaps Porzingis, is it's like, well, the guy's a wing, and he has such good perimeter skills. You should be playing him at the five, because he's such a mismatch for everybody. But it's like, nah, let's play Carmelo at small forward so he can't guard anybody and the ball sticks. Let's, let's get Noah sure keep... who can't defend anymore. Yeah, let's make sure we keep joking Noah out there. We need for... him for his defense, even though they were far better with him on off the floor defensively. And offensively, he can't do a single thing. What's he thing. shooting from the field, like 40-something percent? Like 47%? I'm, I'd be Six? surprised if it's even that good. I, well, whatever I it is, he's a big. You're supposed to be shooting in the 50s. Whatever it is, it's also a small sample because the guy just doesn't shoot because he can't. Um, nice. Anyway, I don't... Why this turn into a Knicks thing? I'm yeah, so it's all right. All right, who's your all second? Right, let's get back into this. Oh, man. I'll go for my second. Please, it's you, it's, you, sh- you it's should give him a second. Scalding hot. It's Joel Embiid. I, I kind of feel weird not putting him there. Here's the thing, like, and I love Porzingis. I love him. I just think he's in a situation where his development's going to get hindered, and I don't know um, if it's actually going to hurt or help his growth in the long term and all that stuff. I understand the needs injury, but... He's not injury prone. He was injured. We'll find out if he's injury prone as the season and next year that comes to the thing. But like, he's already he looks has great fo- so far. Yeah, and he, he looks like college Joel Embiid so far. Yeah, but like nine hundred times better because now he can make threes for some reason, and he's got the great footwork. He has that linear athleticism like David Robinson. Um, he's good defensively. He blocks a lot of shots. Um, he is athletic. He's not like. I mean, like, all these guys are obviously athletic. Um, so I'm really parsing here. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Embiid, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, again, I, I love Porzingis, and I think he has this crazy ceiling just being such a unique player. Every one of these guys. I do think Simmons' right. ceiling Simmons ceiling isn't as, actually as high as these other three guys'. Um, but, like, Cats, Porzingis, and Embiid ceilings are so, so high. Like, it's so high, Cheech and Chai are going to make a movie about the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't even know if I could agree with Simmons not being on a similar level to them. I think it's just hard right now because we're not seeing him out there. I think he has such an NBA game, though, and I mean, I think, like, he's, I know these are ridiculous comparisons, but he's been compared to Blake Griffin and LeBron James. Like, I, I just, think Blake like, Griffin's the better comparison, but yeah. Yeah, and Blake Griffin's like a top 10 talent in the league, so I mean, like, that's amazing. I mean, I know we're talking about Porzingis, Towns, and Embiid, like... Well, Porzingis guys, is seven foot three and plays like a two-guard. Right, and, and can block and rebound. Right, and Simmons is six foot ten and plays like you know, like. Well, he still can't shoot, so. 
Right, we haven't seen him be able to. So, like, in. like, and like the whole thing is, well, obviously, he's become a better shooter. My big argument's always like, it's, you can't just wish that to be so. Right, but what, but what if he doesn't have to become a better shooter? Like, well, yeah, then he's LeBron, not going to be good as Cap Porzingis or Embiid. Why though? Guys, guys have proven they could be good NBA players without being good shooters. And who, especially who, a guy who, who, who has big. Blake? Does Blake can shoot? Yeah, Blake. Blake can knock down you know perimeter jumpers. I don't yeah. know that. Like, I'm calling Blake a good shooter though. I think Blake is an above-average shooter. I think Blake's an underrated mid-range shooter now. For his position, sure. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I just I think that Ben Simmons has more perimeter ability. All right, so who's your, who's your, your second Embiid? I'm, your... I'm, yeah, I'm okay with Embiid, too, and I, I'm okay going with you with Porzingis being three. Here's the thing. like I don't feel like we're snubbing anybody. These no, are, no. These are, they're all like, awesome. Right. Like none, none of this is like a, yeah, well, this is what's wrong with Simmons, so this is why I'm putting someone ahead of him. This is just like... They are all ridiculous, and we're splitting hairs. Do you know we could actually make an NBA team with all four of these guys on this roster and still be okay if they all started at the same time? I don't know that we could. Sure. I don't could. It would be fun. I would Simmons love could to play the one. He could. Embiid the five, Cat uh, the four, Porzingis the three, and then we sign, I don't know, Alan Krabby to a, a contract to play the two. Yeah, that, that team would crush on defense. I, I don't even know. I would enjoy doing that because I think these guys are all monsters and they're all so skilled and they're all so good. It's really hard to rank them. Again, I just I feel like we're splitting hairs with all of them, but I'm o- I'm okay going Cat, Embiid, Porzingis, and Simmons. I'm okay with it. Okay. What if, what if Embiid is higher upside than Cat though? I think it's possible. I. It's a um, listen, man. I, I think they all have really, really, really high ceilings, and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful of Simmons saying his ceiling is not as high as theirs. I just think Cat, Porzingis's, and uh, Embiid's are like Embiid didn't get to play basketball for two years and came back nine times better than he was when he left Kansas. How does that happen? He got better just by getting two years older without even being able friend. to play. Do you know what I mean? It, it's the process, my friend. It is. I love him to death, man. When 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 Trump won the election, he goes, "America's tanking." Just the process. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Yeah, he really, he really. I is. want. He, I like. Why, I want. I, I. Since like if a genie came down right now, you have three wishes. One of my three wishes would be for Joel and be, to be my friend. That's that's a good wish. That is a well spent wish. I I support that. All right, so we're we're in agreement here. We have our, our ranking. I'm surprised we actually agreed on that because it's really like it's really like I think if we sent this to a poll, it would be because there's no wrong order here. I don't think it is it'd be very mixed. I'm so, so I'm kind of surprised that we agreed one through four. I I think you know I wish Simmons was active so it could kind of throw a wrench in this so we could see what he's doing. I mean maybe if Simmons was playing it'd be easy to be like well he's the worst of the four so we got to put him. Yeah, forward. but it'd also be unfair because everybody else is. Has NBA t- like I know Embiid didn't, but he was at least in the league, not playing, but he was adjusting to the league for two years. Right, uh, and right. Simmons is an actual rookie; these other guys aren't. I'm really excited for Simmons to get back. Oh, you know, six but- years are going to be fun too, man. Like they're not going to be good; they're they're still kind of fun. Like I know last night they stunk, and and Cat had all those neat video game like dunks, and they were neat. But uh, yeah, and the NBA is fun, man. I have, we're in a good place basketball wise. I think so too, especially when you have these four guys, and it's that. I want to give them all a hug. Aw, that's cute. All right, Joe, you're up. Ask me the last question. Um, let me find it. I'll ask it, Joe. Okay. You can answer it. 
So our last question was from at underscore Keeter, who's uh, Justin, good follow on Twitter. One of my first Twitter followers, actually. Very involved in Jets Twitter. Shout out to Justin. Justin asks, in honor of Tribe's new album, that's a tribe called Quest, for those who are not hip, what 90s hip-hop group would you enjoy hearing a new album from in 2016? Jared sent the rundown last night. Or this AMA, we knew we were getting this AM pretty early, and I was like, this is a tremendous AMA. I... I'm not a huge rap guy. Tribe is a group I actually like, though. And so I was like, oh, this is, is going to be neat. So then I was trying to research uh, groups that formed in the 90s and then found out that most of them still make music. <laughs> so I chose Mob Deep, even though they made like an album two years ago. So my caveat is a good Mob Deep album. That, that's a solid answer. Yeah, I, I was a big Mob Deep fan, too. Like, growing up, I kind of had to at least try to listen to everybody that was from Queens. Yeah, there's a Northeast thing where it's Mob Deep, Nas, it's Queensbridge, it's, you know, I mean, at least, and I'm not even from New York, I'm from Pennsylvania, but that's how, it, like, the world was smaller or bigger back then. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that that sentiment reaches beyond Queens because I never felt like it does. But yeah, I've listened to all those dudes, uh, you know, nature, everybody that people aren't really checking for. Mob Deep's a good one. Capone and Noriega would also be a good Ooh, one. Ooh, I totally um, forgot about them. So I, I felt like the obvious answer here to was most... Wu-Tang. Yeah, it was probably Wu-Tang, but I'm not like... But they just had an album. It's just that one guy owns it. Yeah, they, they <laughs> put out like kind of crappy music these last 10 years. Everybody got excited for... Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the album they dropped, but I think it dropped in like 2007 or 2008. And it really wasn't, like, that good. I wasn't into it at all. And to be honest, like, aside from Ghostface, I really just haven't been into anything those guys have been doing individually or together recently. Uh, I guess if you would consider Outkast a 90s group... Well, they already formed them. in the 90s. When's the last yeah. time they made an album? Well, I mean, their their double album was in 2003, I want to say, and that was huge. And I, I think uh, I think Stankonia was... I don't. I think that was like early two thousands. I think that was early two thousands. I'm not sure. I mean, you can like, be right. I like. I used to like Outkast a lot. Yeah, th- I mean, the thing is, I would love to see them reunite. Sanconia was two thousand. So, you know, like, who I, I don't want to see reunite the refugees. Uh the Fugees. The Fugees. What are they called? The refugees. The refugees. <laughs> the refugee all stars. I mean, I Lauren Hill's great. I like Wyclef a lot. I think Wyclef's made a lot of good individual music. Proz, I don't know where you are. Um, Fuji's is a good answer, though. Even though <laughs> poor, you said poor no. Proz. Yeah, I, I gotta say, um, if when, not that, Al- when that split came up, I don't think he realized he was going to be the odd man out. Yeah, big time. Imagine he's somewhere like really successful right now. We just don't hear about it. Um, if well, not, what, Al- he was in what sign? Ghetto Superstar? Wasn't that his yeah. one sign? Yeah, Proz did Ghetto Superstar. It wasn't even a good one, really, when you think about it. I actually just heard Ghetto Superstar the other night. Which was strange. I was it's at a hot time. Like, I mean, maybe it just doesn't hold up well, and that's why I don't like it. But here's a hot take: Ghetto Superstar is not a bad song, but Bullworth was a bad movie. I never saw the movie Bullworth. <laughs> you're not. You're not missing out. All right, back to this question. If not Outcast, I think I would have to say Black Star, which Ooh. is, of course, Talib Kweli and Most Def. Uh, I love those guys together. I like Most Def a ton. I like them individually. Yeah, Most Def, by my money, is like the most underrated rapper ever. Um, it was really hard to do this, though, because it got me thinking, like, can I pick the firm? I know they're not really a group, but, like, if I can get Nas and Cormega together, NAZ... That oh, you mean, like, those random, like, super groups that form for, like, 12 seconds? 
Correct. Like, yeah, the punk left <laughs> thing before Mega went to jail and they didn't make a second album. But I guess they were a group. I don't know. So, like, what about, like, like could you just, like, lump, like, not that I want this either, but could you just lump in Pup Daddy and Mace together as a group? Sure. I mean, we could get the, I the a, I, I, family. It's not great to admit it now, but I was a huge Mace fan back in the 90s. Yeah, that's really funny. I've had this thought, too, because I, too, was a huge Mace fan. Actually, I just saw, like, last week on Twitter, they released a video from, like, a Harlem World party with Kanye. Like, Kanye produced a, a track on Harlem World, and all of a sudden, here's, like, this young Kanye hanging out with Mace, at, like, doing an interview, like, 1998 or something. And it was just like, wow, these guys were so young. And I loved Mace. But Mace I thought was Mace like, was going to be, like, this huge deal. and He was. Oh, well, no, he was, but, like, he got... Well, then he left, and he became, like, a minister or something, right? Yeah, he became a... Uh, and then he, he came back real quick a couple years ago, and then did. throw down some trash, and then he left again. He did. He did throw down some trash. Uh, what did he do? He did the Welcome Back track, which he, I thought was pretty dope. Um, but he sucks. Like, he raps like like I'm speaking right now. Is well, that's the thing. Him. Like, when I was, like, 15... And the only thing that was really popular would be that's when TRL was so popular. It was so, it's not even on air anymore. But like it was Puff Daddy and Mace on TRL like every single day. Yeah, I mean they were they were huge. The, that that Puff Daddy run like post Biggie, so from like what ninety six to like ninety eight was just ridiculous. Oh, it's ginormous. Like the, like uh, like me and you were both Nas stands when they when Puff Daddy collaborated with Nas to do. Um, Hate me now. Hate me now, right? So, like, the first time I heard the song, I was like, this is great, because I really like the, uh, like, the beat and the hook and all that stuff. And then, like, I got to listen to it more, and I was like, wait, what did they do to Nas? <laughs> yeah. They, they commercialized yep. them. What happened to Yeah, they sure did. But, like, the first time you hear it, because the, the, the meat, like, the, the, the actual, like, the bass and everything, like, it's just so powerful. Like, you're like, yeah, and you just like, Nas is gonna kill it here. And then you're like, so the first time you listen to it, you're like, yeah, okay, and Puff Daddy's okay, and you're kind of excited, and you listen to it more and more, and you're like, wait, what, what happened here? I'm really yeah, confused not, and upset. Not my favorite Nas song, but... <laughs> no, uh, no, no. He definitely got Puff Daddy'd on that one. Yeah, good old good old Diddy. Well, Diddy's, Diddy's the... Um, Diddy did to Nas what like, Timberland did to Weezer. I Wait. don't even know anything about Timberland and Weezer being together. Yeah, Timberland produced, not Weezer's last album, because the last album just came out, but the album before that, where they kind of went super purposely poppy. And Interesting. Where Weezer was, when they were poppy, it was unintentional before, and now Weezer's kind of like, hey, we're sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? That wasn't... Like, we released a whole album of pop music that was intended I might have to, to I might have to go check for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, their new album, like, one of their new signs, it's not a new sign now, I think it's like a year old, it's just like, take me back to the shack or whatever when I'm talking about trying to go back to where they were. You know what I mean? Right. I'm uh, actually a big Timbaland fan, so I... No, would, I have nothing I, against it either. And I have nothing... I think the greatest um, con in the world is some people trying to tell you pop music is bad. The reason why it's called pop music is because it's popular. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. So, like, like, when people are like, well, this person stinks because they're a pop star. And it's like, well, six million people disagree. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it could not. It doesn't have to be deep music. It's just sometimes people just want lighthearted, little thought, great beats. Music. Yeah, this doesn't need to be explained. This is how the majority of people feel. No, it, it isn't because you have music stop coming and be like, well, you know, 
insert artist X isn't as good as insert artist Y because artist X is really not singing about anything with substance. Like nobody's listening to that person for just substance. They're listening because it's catchy. And that's yeah, they it. like to sing along to it. My my fiance is like pop music queen. That's her thing, and I'm just like. It kills me, but the older I get, the more I understand it. Like, Kurt yeah, when I was, one of his favorites. I can't remember which one. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm okay with kind of being poppy at times. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody. If you don't gets, have any pop style into your music, nobody's ever going to hear you. Right at all. Like yeah, social distortion, the, you know, social distortion. I have no the, idea. All right, so they're a band from Chicago. They're like they, they got to be in their sixties by now. I used to really listen to them a lot, like them a lot. They had one kind of song that could have maybe become poppy, I guess. And I think they're, they put out good music, but nobody ever heard of them because they're, they're not a pop band. They don't, because they purposely don't do pop music. And like, I can't be like, well, Social Distortion's awesome, and you just never heard of them. And you'd be like, well, that's because they don't make music everybody likes. They make yeah. music you like, which is fine. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, whatever. Music snobs. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins has been awesome this year. 27 points a game, 53%, 3, <laughs> 49% from the fourth. I believe I had that. <laughs> You did. You were big on Wiggins. All right, that, that was a weird way to wrap up. Our he's show. only twenty-one still. Yeah, he's really young. He's really young. He's younger really than Embiid, and he's developing really quickly, which is just the thing that, like, I, I'm glad we're doing this now. That was that was the thing that that I was just most wondering about was how how is he going to be able to develop? Like everybody looked at Wiggins and salivated over you know his athleticism and a lot of the the little things that he did and said if he just works on his game he's going to be LeBron. And it's like, can we just stop doing this? And sure enough, he is a stud, and he's scoring at an efficient rate, and he's not just a volume shooter, and he's been a big positive for that team this year. It, it looks like he's taking that third-year step. Chris Dunn needs to get his act together. Word up. All right, Joe, I think that's it for today. This is a fun podcast, man. I enjoyed it. Those were, uh, to the AMA askers, um, those were tremendous questions this week. Absolutely. Really good questions. Thank you guys for chiming in. Always looking for questions for our show, and we have a pretty high success rate of answering questions that are sent in. So if you have any AMAs, just tweet us. You can get me on Twitter at jmintshoops. Find my basketball writing at fanregsports.com. This week I, I wrote about Luke Richard Mba Mute. Nice. I don't know why he, I don't know why he dropped the Richard, but apparently he did. Yeah, this anyway, is one of the biggest mysteries. This is like uh, uh, Devon Ray or D-Ray D- Stevenson. Who's a college basketball player just wants to be known as Ray now? Totally. Where did thing. D Ray come from? Where did the D go? I don't know, man. That's a question we'll never have an answer to, but that's where you could find me, Joe. Tell the good people where they could find you. Underneath your desk. No, um, we did that joke last week. And uh, I looked. You did, and I was there, and I scared you. Um, right. At Joseph Nardone, N A R D O N E. Also at the FanRag Sports Network, doing basketball related things. And now, apparently, I do Facebook Lives. He does Facebook Live, so if you don't have a Facebook account, make sure you create I one. I had to so create watch, one for that. Because I, so you can watch Joe sideways. Yeah, it was awkward. All right, so that's the fun <laughs> thing to do. Joe's on Facebook. Make sure you go add him. No, don't, don't, don't. Right. Well, <laughs> it's going to be deep, deep, deep. All right, guys. Th- thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot takes, bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking, no one's clicking. Their pages are filling up their pockets.
advocates, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. 